Life and Legacy podcast, dedicated to helping you navigate these hyper-sexualized times of ours. And today's episode is a super cool. We, we brought out the big guns, all the guns. We have all the guns on the table for this one. The entire core staff of High Noon came out to record this episode because we had a request uh, from one of you, from one of our dear fans who will remain anonymous. Uh, and you asked us, hey, can we talk about family planning? Can you talk about how do you not have babies? Can you talk about how do you enjoy sex without worrying about babies for a period of time? Or do you do that? Uh, the request was, can somebody please talk about it? Because typically in religious settings, you either talk about abstinence or you talk about making babies, but you don't talk about just sex between a loving couple and how you either do or don't prevent from getting pregnant. So we have Benji, Sammy, Karina, Robert, and even special guest, my wife, come out for this episode and we get really honest and sincere and there's a really amazing testimony at the end from Benji, which is worth sticking around for because he gets emotional and it's something that will change your perspective about rearing children. So let's get into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a very special episode for you today. We have a full house. The Basically, the whole High Noon Core staff is here today with us. Uh, we've got Andrew Love and his lovely wife, Uyanga. Hello to you. They gave, they gave a peace sign, everybody. Hi, Just... hi. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Great to have you. We've got Benji Uyama calling in from North Carolina. Hi, folks. And we've got Karina and Robert Cunningham all the way from Uruguay. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Hi. It's great to be with you. And the reason, the reason we're all here today besides we just enjoy each other's company, is we wanted to have a very interesting conversation about contraception. And we assembled this team together because we come from a very varied background around this topic and our experiences and our thoughts on it. And so we wanted just to have a round table discussion with one another, our thoughts on contraceptions, what we've done in our marriages, and uh, let you guys sit in on that. So especially you know, for, the, for those of you who are single, uh, preparing for the blessing, it can be one of those things that is on your mind as you're preparing to be in a relationship. You know, this is a very relevant area and an important topic to discuss with the spouse. And maybe for those who are in couples who would still like to, or who, you know, who like to get informed about, you know, and make sure that, and, and feel comfortable about the, the decision that they're making, we can provide some support for that. So welcome. Yeah. And shout out to Anonymous Anonymous Pants who asked us uh, to record this episode because we didn't come up with this topic. It was requested mm -hmm. of us and we love that. So if you ever have any topics that you'd love more clarity on, please let us know. Because this all happened. All these people showed up. You know who you are, who you requested this. This all happened because of you and, and we're honored to be able to serve in that respect. So yeah, we're going to get into this because... I think either people have a lot of concepts or they have not thought about it whatsoever prior to getting married. And it definitely factors into the um, enjoyment level, to the comfort level during sex. There's the emotional and spiritual and mental comfort of having some sort of protection if, if you don't want a kid. But then there's also like what things you use and like how that affects the body. And it, it all 
that's why sex is not necessarily straightforward all the time. So it requires conversations. And so we want to get into what everybody here kind of experienced prior to and then what they experienced henceforth. Uh, I don't know which order we should go in. Who does, is anybody chomping at the bit to tell some horrifying tales of the, of the past? How about Benji? Benji, uh, leading up to the blessing, did you think about it at all? Did you have any concepts about what you might do yeah. in your potential future? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Sammy, thanks for having me. I definitely have a lot of a lot to say about this topic personally, um, mainly because of my experience working with couples who are preparing for for marriage and blessed marriage and also starting their their sex life and their family life. So, but I guess to get into it personally a bit, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where I I was not really thinking a lot about it at all prior to blessing. I kind of thought, oh, it's something that'll come up someday and and I'll work it out with my spouse. And and so by the time I was blessed, we were blessed in marriage. We actually, you know, what was clear in my mind in my upbringing and also in my wife, my wife is Japanese, uh, if you don't know, and, and culturally speaking, we're very different, but belief system-wise and our values were the same in that we both believe strongly that sex is something that is reserved for committed relationships, first and foremost, and it, it comes with a huge responsibility, and the responsibility being the possibility of life and creation. So that was kind of always at the back of my mind. I wasn't like actively thinking about that, but I just like, it just was a given to me, honestly. It was like, after I'm blessed, um, you know, what we did, you know, to be honest, and is something that I, I probably wouldn't recommend to somebody right now, but it made sense to us is we, we, uh, we actually didn't start our, our family life until we, until we were ready to have children, um, you know, which took, took a while, took a number of years. And you know, in hindsight, it, it was kind of difficult, you know, to be honest, but I'm really glad. I'm really proud that we decided to do that because, you know, we, when we started our family, it was based on a commitment that whatever we do, whatever happens, uh, if we have a child, we're ready for that. And we're just going to let God work in that sense. And so that's what we decided to do. And, you know, pretty quickly, we learned about natural family planning, which is kind of right up our alley. Uh, maybe somebody can talk a little bit about that. I don't, uh, we, you know, so we do, we do a, a kind of a hybrid version. We've, we've always done a, a very hybrid version of contraception of, um, you know, waiting, wait, waiting during, during my wife's cycle, menstrual cycle to, for when she's, uh, you know, very fertile to use, use condoms or to, or a lot of the time to actually abstain from having sex, having sex completely. So it's kind of always been, been the way that we do it. And it just was a natural decision that we made you know, based on the fact that we waited for years uh, to, to actually cons consummate our marriage. And then we're just kind of like, okay, if we have a child, that's great. We'll just let, uh, let's let, let things happen. And, and we're happy we did. You know, we have two, two children right, right now, five and three years old, Kojin and Ira. And they are just, you know, they're amazing and, and uh, lucky. <laughs> they're lucky children. <laughs> so leading, leading up to you coming together, like you had already forge this idea in your head that when I get married, I'm not going to have sex unless I want a baby. Like you were, a, you were like a teenager having these thoughts. I mean, that sounds pretty mature yeah. or a very, somebody who's like, sounds pretty religious minded, maybe something like that. Well, you know, this comes back to, to, you know, I can't really answer that question without a bit of context, actually. I think so. 
we have, like I mentioned, I've, I've been privileged to work with a lot of young couples uh, and meet a lot of young couples like Karina and, and uh, Robert here, you know, who are blessed in marriage recently uh, in the last year. And we do a lot of workshops during, during the course of preparing couples to receive the blessing and get married. And one of the workshops uh, we do as couples, engaged couples, match couples together uh, live. And we have discussions where we talk about pornography and we talk about contraception, the two most common questions that come up in these gender discussions. And what I've realized uh, over time is that there's a, there's, there's a reason that contraception is very taboo in our society and our culture, and especially in a, a religious environment and a church environment. And the reason it's tab taboo is one, because by default in our cultural, in our cult, from a cultural perspective and a societal perspective, currently sex is something that is not, that is not limited to just committed relationships. It's something that, that people can have with anybody they want. And, and they bring contraception into that conversation as protection, you know, to protect your yourself from catching a disease or from pregnancy or falling ill, you know, quotations, uh, to, to pregnancy. And in that context of, you know, hookup culture and just protecting ourselves, then that's very different. That's where the taboo comes. That is completely entirely different from a, a man and a woman who are in a committed relationship, who are blessed in marriage, not only in a committed relationship, but they're committed to to raising a family together from the get-go. They're committed to raising a lineage together, to having children. That is very different. So the conversation of contraception in that context is entirely, completely foreign to the idea of contraception as, you know, just, just a taboo hookup culture kind of thing, right? So that's one reason that it's very taboo. The other reason is that it's something that, you know, if we're thinking about the, the ramifications or the responsibility that comes with sex, then it's, for me, it made a lot more sense. Does that make sense? Um, because I know, you know, there's absolutely no contraception that is 100%, right, foolproof. So the reason that people do, you know, different things and natural family plant, planning, condoms, the pill, whatever, is because they're trying to find something that works best for them. Uh, and the issue becomes, unless those people are in a completely committed relationship where regardless of what happens, they're going to be committed to each other. And the reason that I bring up these workshops that we do, that we do is because I've seen over time that there are, there are some couples who are, you know, who do contraception from the very beginning for many, for many years even. And then at their own time, at their own pace, intentionally, they decide when to have children. It's a beautiful experience. It's all in the realm of being blessed in marriage and committed relationship. And in that environment, it's beautiful. It's fine. And on the other side of the spectrum, there's also families, there's also couples, not just, you know, in our church, but all over the world, all this time this happens where people don't use any contraception or not in a committed relationship. And as soon as somebody, you know, as soon as the wife becomes, or the, the woman becomes pregnant, the guy takes off or they have an abortion, right? So those things are completely eliminated when you are in a committed relationship and you're committed to the responsibility that comes with raising a child, potentially, potentially, right? So, so what I'm saying here is that there's no right or wrong, in my opinion, when it comes to contraception. I think that's the wrong question. Is it, is it right or is it wrong? Which is the religious answer. Is it right? Is it wrong to, to block, essentially, to, to try to manufacture God's plan uh, on life? That's the wrong question. The right question is, is it 
immoral or wrong to be in a commit in a relationship that is not based in any commitment that is not based in any uh forward thinking at all i think it is wrong you know and that's kind of the approach that that we came from right yeah great great long-winded, stuff long-winded no 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 this is i touched the nerve you obviously care yeah you uh, asked me first so yeah <laughs> it's really juicy stuff and it's important because again these two worlds seldom collide which is the religious world and the open transparent talking about sex world right and so yeah that's that's i think very helpful for a lot of young people to understand that when the commitment comes first then everything else is kind of you can figure it out right uh because that's like the safety net for everything else to come like if something were to happen like you were to get pregnant you'll figure it out based off of that commitment rather than based off of your most immediate desire to want to feel comfort right which is typically what dating is is like oh, i'm not comfortable in this relationship i got to get out of here um but yeah that makes a lot of sense it makes a whole lot of sense yeah yeah if if i may just touch on the natural family planning uh, aspect of it yeah i mean it's it's really attractive to me and i and i and talking with a lot of uh you know kind of similar minded conscientious young young men and women couple young couples it's really an attractive option for people because it's healthy and and the main reason is that it involves the man and the woman the man and the woman both have to take the responsibility of you know tr- tracking their cycle and or the woman's cycle and tracking their temperature and things like that and f- personally i feel like it's it's recommended because anybody who's doing natural family pl- family planning by definition is in a committed relationship. So with that comes an immense amount of trust and responsibility and respect for each other that you can't get around or you can't access, you know, uh, sometimes through other options. So it's kind of like a, like a, a, a default, like I trust you, I love you way to show your spouse, you know, that you, yeah, you're committed. Right. Uh, and like I mentioned before, we have, you know, not many, but we have people yeah I mean this is what I'm aware of you know just in my own experience and knowledge working with BFM is we do have people who you know get pregnant and take off or 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 end it right and it's it's so sad because they didn't understand the fundamental point that when you're blessed in marriage and you're in a committed relationship you are you're taking responsibility for your future in your life you're not just an individual in your own life anymore you're somebody else you have somebody else in your life right Yeah. Yeah. And even if they do understand it it might not kind of really lock in, you know? Like it's it's hard for people, some people, right. right, to really live up to that. It's a lofty commitment. So some people make that commitment with their mouth, but it's hard to uh fulfill. So next we're going to go to your brother cuz I I remember hearing one thing that I was excited to hear is like you guys have both very opposite approaches to this and I'd love to hear the the yin and the yang i don't know which one is which this sam here i love everything benji said um and i, I love the the come like changing the context right not just a black and white conversation about contraception but the stepping back and like what is our context about sex and where that is appropriate to happen i agree with that 100% um not treating sex in a cavalier way and it being something that's part of a committed relationship and that's a very different conversation than the way most people have conversations about sex sex as a couple versus sex as an individual with another individual 
Um, and yeah, and my wife and I also, I more have them, I guess, uh, we have those same values about sex, and, but then also approached it in a more pragmatic way, not so ideologically, right? So we did practice various methods of birth control. Um, yeah, we, we were, we've been blessed almost, uh, next week will be 11 years, and we didn't have children until nine years, into, you know, eight and a half, nine years into our relationship. And that, that first eight, eight and a half years was fantastic, child-free sex and all the other experiences that we could and that, that a couple can enjoy that when you don't have children and to experience as a couple is we, we look back really fondly on those times. Um, and I guess similarly with Benji, we always came from the place of commitment and responsibility. So we did do these methods, but it was also with the understanding that for whatever reason, if we did get pregnant, okay, that was just, we would just uh, adapt and that, was, that would be a new life situation. And we weren't going to um, do abortion or, one, you know, we wasn't going to leave her or anything like that, right? We'd, we'd be willing to just go with the flow of it. And we wanted to uh, have more of a plan with how we, how that we went about that, right? And, um, but that was always really clear that we did want to have children. And um, we, it wasn't just like eventually one day. I know some couples, they just keep pushing it off, pushing it off. Um, but we were really clear on what we wanted to do first and then have children. Um, but that, so that all being said, so we've done condoms, we've done, um, birth control pills. Um, that's primarily what we did. So, you know, all that being said, uh, if I were to, if we were to go back, we would have, um, wish we would have wanted to do natural family planning and specifically the, the, there's something called the symptothermal method of natural family planning. Um, it's something we didn't learn of until after the fact. And, um, we just are just now, we just had a second baby almost four months ago. And in the next couple of months, we're going to be needing to be considering uh, birth control options. And so this is what we're going to do. And so, you know, we took a class on it. And so basically just really quick, what it is, is uh, I found, so the natural sent was, no, the, uh, was the natural, National Institute of Health. They've got the National Library of Medicine database online, which is they just collect all these medical journals. Um, and so one on the symptom, so I'll just read a couple sentences from here. So the symptothermal method is a temperature method of fertility control and includes a self-observation of symptoms of the ovulatory period, particularly the increased cervical mucus discharge. Um, this method of observation, this, so this, just to give some context and, and give some medical authority to this, right? <laughs> uh, this method is practical for about 90% of fertile women. Uh, in regards to avoid, avoiding conception, the symptothermal method offers effectiveness equal to oral contraceptives. And um, basically, this measures different uh, points of a woman's cycle, and you use that to gauge when a woman is fertile and when a woman is not fertile, and have sex or avoid sex in different times. So you use this method to try to get pregnant or to try to avoid getting pregnant. And um, so the reason why, right, the reason why we became such a big fan of this is um, First and foremost, like not getting pregnant, that's the important thing, right? So we're like, okay, it's just as effective as other methods. So it gave us that um, assuredness. Um, but since EU, you know, my wife doing birth control pills, learning the potential side effects of what that has. So thankfully, you know, my wife, she was fine. She didn't have any, you know, weird side effects from using birth control. She did about for maybe two years. 
And, you know, we went in with this assumption that, oh yeah, millions of women have done birth control for how many decades? If there are any problems, they probably would have, you know, figured them out by now. And, but if you, and you guys could do your own research, if you like look into it more, it's not until the past five to 10 years that people actually started to like, look at or to do studies on what the potential side effects birth control might have. And so it's really alarming to see the, the potential havoc that it wreaks on a woman's hormones. And even the human biology and hormones in a human, in, in a person, there's a lot we don't know about how hormones work, how they're generated, why, you know, how we, how we create them, why we create them, why we have different kinds, what do they do? And, and so anything that inter, you know, kind of tries to tinker with that balance, it's, we're not at the stage where we can actually predict or look at what that'll actually do. And so anyway, it's something that made us pause and think more. And um, it was enough to convince us that, okay, you know, it's something to watch out for. Um, and, if, and if it weren't for that, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if, if birth control pills had no potential effects like that, I mean, we we don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's a really practical method for preventing pregnancy. It, it's just, I, I think it's a very high risk proposition. Um, <laughs> so if <laughs> if it didn't come with all sorts of horrible effects, you'd yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, uh, condoms, I mean, condoms, it's it's really, not, it's like... It's just really not sexy. It's it's just like you're in the middle of, you know, having a nice time with together as a couple and then you just have to stop and then like, you know, open the wrapper and like try to uh, get, you know, roll this this thing on and, and you know, it's it's they're okay, sure. Um did you hear Gunger's thing on condoms? Right, yeah, yeah. He says that uh condoms eating having sex with a condom, it's like trying to eat ice cream with a sock on your tongue. Right. So um I mean, yeah, anyway, so they're fine. Anyway, I guess bottom line is, yeah, sure, they're fine. Um, but if there's a way that can prevent pregnancy that doesn't involve condoms, I think the way that's even better. And um, also for what Benji described or what you explained is that it's something the couple does together. It can create a lot more communication. Um, so I think it's, it's rather than just like a means to an end, it can actually become a tool that allows a couple to develop even more intimacy. So it's like this win-win-win kind of effect where you're getting safety precautions of birth control and then you're also becoming closer as a couple that's really cool awesome yeah that's in-depth analysis that i mean family planning keeps on coming up um do you use technology for this like how do you it sounds like you have to take her temperature you have to know what if she's having if she's having like you know certain thoughts during the day what she's been eating her her alkaline you know like how do you measure all this yeah it's really simple um it no it, it just takes a creating a habit and then like uh kind of get developing a knack for it so the most important thing is um measuring cervical mucus and so there's like a gauge for which you know really sexy stuff right so <laughs> women excrete liquid <laughs> right and various kinds anyway so this is is one so um you can it has a consistency a thickness and then so you just like measure you know like you put it between your fingers and then you kind of separate your fingers and it kind of like stays intact and then eventually breaks. And then so there's like a, there's a certain level of uh, thickness that it's meant to have. And then that has, that indicates certain things. So that's, that's the most important one. And the one is body temperature. And then one is um, tracking uh, cycle, a woman's cycle. And so there's these three pin, these three points that you look at, and then they give you a lot of data. That sounds like a science fiction movie. And uh <laughs> 
I'm glad you're up for it. <laughs> I guess the, so. That's just the practicalities of our process for the, the decisions we made and what we did regarding birth control. And um, I guess just measuring the what what we got from it and, and the the benefit. I, I I if a couple gets married young. I think it's great to have a certain time period where they can just be in a relationship together. Um, you know, it, you develop a great life, however it happens, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. But it's just, you know, that was the only experience that we have to speak to. And, and we really enjoyed it. Um, just having years to go on walks together, to travel together, develop a lot. So through a lot of experiences, the main thing is developing a really close relationship. And if you have the opportunity for that, it's something that we really wholeheartedly encourage. And some kind of birth control is essential for that. Otherwise, you're just always afraid of like, you know, I, you know, I hear stories from like people, couples, young couples that begin having sex and it freaks the woman out so much, right? Just like that she's so afraid of the possibility of being pregnant. It's impossible to actually enjoy having sex, right? And so, you know, to have a time period where you can rely on not having children, it's, you need to have some method in place. Yeah, thank you. I agree. Um, we have another couple here that we would love to hear from. They're a young couple. They're in the throes of, they're still in the honeymoon phase. So we'd love to hear how you guys are doing because we're a bunch of old crusty people with kids. You, you guys don't have kids yet, so it's very real to you, right? Like after you have one kid, you're like, yeah, if you get pregnant, it's just the same as the first time, right? But the first time you get pregnant is like, it's a, it's a, all-encompassing experience like it, it's really for both people it's like oh this is happening you can really you track everything you take pictures every day you know all this but um you haven't gotten there yet right so there's still like fear of that of, of that thing happening that factors into your sexual relationship so how are you guys contending with that and how are you guys managing everything uh so at the beginning i remember like after getting blessed really going deep to um family planning and feeling so frustrated because there was nothing good like nothing well okay there was a family planning but this like everything had a side effect or everything had some like con exactly everything has a side effect everything has a con um even like family planning is it was a good idea but it's still it's risky isn't it and to start with that, this feels like jumping to a, a, a big risk. Um, even though it says that it's very, it's very good and everything, it felt like uh, we didn't want it to have the worry in our mind uh, starting on. So, yeah, uh, knowing that it was, wasn't something that we wanted to do for long term, we went to kills. Um, at the beginning, so we kind of start like w without worries, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And it worked the first months, we'll say, but then uh, we were very aware of the side effects and we didn't want to keep it too long. Yeah. And something was happening that I didn't have sex drive too much and like I didn't want to, like, we wanted, but it was really hard to get me on the move. And I knew beforehand, um, because we have a, a conversation with other couples who were on pills, that that, was, that could be a side effect for the pills. Mm -hmm. So 
I, after five months, we decided to stop the pills and go to uh, condoms. Can I just say, I think one other kind of side effect with the pills is like, even if it, it was kind of like psychological sometimes, like even if a small, like something was bothering her or like something happened, like we'd always wonder like, is this a side effect of the pill? Like we just didn't know. We couldn't know for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of always became like our like, what if, what if? And so eventually we're like, well, why don't we cut this out and then know for sure? You know, it's like, you're worried of like, is this really my sex drive? Or is this like, I thought, like, I think I'm different. Or, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's, let's get right, you know, to the real you and we'll see. Exactly. And it's part of our motivation too. Was nice. It was nice to always have your period on the right time. Um, there was like some good things about it, but there was always like, what is happening? My body is because of this. Is because of that. Yeah. But, so yeah, that was that was good. Uh, so we well, started. Can I ask? Those- did those did those sure. side effects or did those changes go away when you did get off the pill? Um. Some yeah. For example, sex drive. Yeah, that's, I, think, I think that's what Andrew's asking. You're it's like a wild animal now. <laughs> yeah. Midnight yeah. pulse meeting ended. <laughs> you don't have to say those things. I'm just um, so yeah, some of them, yeah, it really helped. Um, another thing, there were other health things, but not too bad. And then we went to condoms. Um, it's been a quite interesting experience for us uh, because there are, for my side, like Robert answered his side, for, for, for my side, one is like, it made me really aware that because of this piece of um, latex, uh, we are not having a child. And so it's like every moment you have sex, you make a conscious decision about if it wasn't for this, well, we, well, you maybe get pregnant, isn't it? It's like, it's like, it's a conscious decision of uh, this can sex can lead to pregnancy, and I'm taking this decision now because of these reasons, isn't it? It's like it's more conscious when more you're, mindful. yeah, more mindful when you're taking the pills. You just take the pills and forget, like almost like why they're why you're taking them or like go for it. But but it's more mindful, like okay, we're taking the decision of waiting to have children. And the other interesting thing is like, we want to go move forward to family planning, but to the point of where we're not such too worried or too afraid to get pregnant. So we want to get to that point first before starting family planning. And and condoms, the interesting thing about it is like, your period comes, I'm very regular, but it always comes a couple days late, couple days <laughs> afterwards, uh, before. And it's always like such an interesting experience when the, those days before your period and you think like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. No, I'm not pregnant. Robert, I think I'm pregnant, Robert. It's like, I'm two days delaying, Robert. <laughs> it was very interesting last time. I, I went to meditation and I have like, I, I dream about a kid, and I tell Robert, I think I'm pregnant. Oh, uh, gets that ready for this, and then my period will not come. This is my life. That's how you know you've got a good man, Karina. <laughs> I always try to prepare Robert telling him that I'm pregnant, yeah. but yeah, anyway. <laughs> So, so yeah, we, we were like a couple of days late for, for my period to come and we were like so scared and 
Yeah, when they are doing like the the pregnancy for the first time, the pregnancy um, test. Yeah. test, and it was negative. And literally, like twenty minutes afterward, my period comeback came. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, yeah, it was like <laughs> so hilarious. But interesting thing, I know that those scary moments or like those moments of like ah, craziness. Somehow, I feel like it's make me prepare for the moment, like the real moment. It's like, yeah, it helps me like be conscious about like, oh, that can happen. So that's something that with the pills will not happen. Yeah. With the pills, like exactly the day I stop the the, the, the pills, I will have my period. But with the condoms, yeah. like those days of like wondering, like, am I pregnant or not pregnant? It's like it was, such a such an adventure. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and I, I, I was checking your comment on that. It was pretty exciting to like have her use the pregnancy test for the first time, you know? Even though I was sure, you know, not, it's going to be negative, no problem. <laughs> a part of me was just like, wow, like, like we're going to do this one day and it's going to be positive, you know? And it was like, <sighs> like I was really like amazed, you know? Um, you want to share about the effects of the contest? Something positive or negative? Well, I mean, I would kind of actually have to disagree with Sam a little bit. I don't think they're too unsexy. I mean, Karina has a way of making it sexy. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that God, it anyway, right? Like, I mean, uh, I don't know. I feel like, at least for us, it feels like it incorporated pretty well. I was a little bit, of course, like kind of hesitant. You know, heard things that like, yeah, I've heard that before. Like, it's like eating ice cream with a sock, and I'm like, oh boy. Well, I'm okay. Like, I'll get over it. You know, it's like, you know, if that's if that's the case, then like, so be it. You know. It, but like a part of me is like it can't be that bad and actually from my experience it's it's not you know it doesn't change the experience too much better um, than nothing right <laughs> <laughs> no i actually i can cl- clarify a little more our experiences even yeah, actually for me i the, the feeling of it like inserting with the condom on and i don't mind it's not mm. much a big deal for me so i agree i you know we have the same experience actually my wife doesn't like the feeling more that that's like um more she the way it feels yeah she really doesn't like it and um the but the one pro of condoms is that it makes cleaning up really easy oh, right it's like it's 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 like one of the things they don't tell you about sex it's there's cleanup after and it's pretty messy and you need mm-hmm. tissues and going to the, you need to go to the bathroom right oh, and, and so condoms makes it really simple people people yeah. listening are like, i'm never gonna have sex that's disgusting we're <laughs> <laughs> turning everyone off to sex <laughs> Another good thing about condom is like timing. <laughs> great, great headwind. <laughs> well, timing is like, um, yeah, we were able to reach both things of that in a moment. Um, mm. I hope we can one day get it when without it, but it's a beginning, it's a starting. Can I just say that I'm really, really moved by you guys? Like, I think that's beautiful, just the way that you are willing like you understand that there's a responsibility that comes with sex and there's a possibility you know i don't like calling it a risk it's a possibility of children there is that's that's like how it's been forever it's sex or no this sex or children it's children or no sex basically right that's the only option um of course contraception helps us with family planning of course that's the purpose of it but just the fact that you're in that relationship and seeing robert just laugh at the pot you know Karina saying, you know, I might be pregnant or, you know, like that. that's like, that's so beautiful. And I think God is just so happy to, to see that, you know, and that in our, in our current world, cause that's totally opposite of the current conversation. 
about sex, right? You know, if someone's yeah. pregnant, it's like, oh my God, oh no. Dread. You know? Yeah. Pregnancy yeah. equals dread and fear and all negative emotions. That's the starting point of a life, right? That's the, mm. the first thing you're giving to your little unborn baby is the feeling of get out of me or, or like, you know. Yeah. So that's wonderful. You guys passed the test because <laughs> it is shocking. I mean, every time, trust me, every single time it's like, oh my God, this is happening, right? Just uh, it's, 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 it's so much beyond what you can do and what you can control. And there's this, this feeling of being little, which is shocking because normally we're just, we don't think about how big or small we are. We're just living life. But in the moments when, when you, like when somebody becomes pregnant, you realize how fragile everything is and how little and big we are, right? And how, how many little things are going on but how miraculous the whole process is and like it puts everything into a great deal of wonderful context. But it, it also is like, it's like an out-of-body experience because like, oh my God, this is, is going to be like a, a human coming out of you. It's crazy. So um, yeah, to have fear or dread to kind of cl be a cloud over that experience is so sad, right? So it's cool that you guys, even though it was shocking, you, Robert, you said, you you still had both feet in the door. You weren't running. You weren't running. I go, I'm gonna go get some milk. <laughs> right. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. when you man up. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about you two? You, uh, it's a treat to have both of you here. You know, it's it, we can't gloss over the fact that we have two Uyama dudes speaking on behalf of women, <laughs> their wives. Right about something that does it that you know a process that their wife has experienced, but uh, and you um, by your wife here, which is awesome, and we love to hear your guys' take on this whole topic. Honey, we're like we're pretty random. <laughs> to be yeah, yeah. First, um, one thing is we start family late. I'm thirty three. You are thirty. Yes, honey. Thirty something. I'm, yeah. I'm a year and a half younger than you, so. Yes, I was <laughs> just 31 and she was 33 when we got when we got married and blessed. Yeah. And then um, also uh, same time we are different culture. For me it's like Asia, especially Mongolia, nomadic life, humanity less nomadic life. They can I just say um planning isn't their forte. Like where they're going to live in the next 3 months, they don't really think about it. They just pack up their stuff and move their house to wherever feels right. So if you talk about family planning, they, they don't believe in calendars over there. <laughs> yeah, basically like no planning mm. and um, just now, no past, no future, <laughs> just now, living in now. That's what I really um, see, see it and realize it. And for example, I'm uh, born in my mother's 20 when my mom is 20. And when she 25, four children. And that's how Mongolians is like, that's why for me, it's like no idea about like planning is, but luckily uh, I like all my twenties, I did the mission work. So busy. And then we got eventually blessed us. So wow. right out of the gates, she tried the pill. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, it was like, do you, you didn't feel good, right? Mm. Because we stopped for some reason after a couple months, two or three months. This is all very fuzzy. This is like 10 years ago or something like that. 
So it was uh, eight years ago. Yeah. And so we stopped. But then there's like also like a desire to get pregnant because we were also older and we wanted to have a few kids, right? So yeah. she's already 33 and we felt good. And I, I remember the time she got pregnant. So it was like extremely intentional. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world. That was right when True Father Reverend Moon just was like passing away and like all this stuff was happening. And it was really like cosmic, like our love making that time in particular was like, I remember... I don't know if there was lightning outside, but there's lightning inside that time. Um, the first time in history there was ever lightning in, in an apartment in New Jersey. Um, so that was, that was that. But then since then, honestly, it's just been our, our so-called family planning is just the mastery of breath work for me and to not let uh, the, the crescendo um, be within the cavern <laughs> to put it mm-hmm. uh, poetically that's how we've been doing it and um to be honest number two number three kid were like completely random we would i would have done anything not to have kids at that time just because of our financial situation and all that but i really felt like i have no idea how she got pregnant like it didn't even make sense uh because what I remember specifically was that she was like oh yeah no this is fine you can it's you know this is a good time if you want to. And it's like, all right. And then it turns out she doesn't remember saying that. So I don't know if I had some psycho, psychotic episode where God was talking to me or something. But uh, our second two kids were an accident. And our third one in particular, because we had such a rough um, experience with our second, second birth and yeah, subsequent raising yeah, her health. Um, well, I was like, I was not ready at all, but it happened and um, we we're so happy it happened. It was like beyond what we, yeah, what our comfort zone, but it was like, God, like our third son is the, the funniest, the most amazing kid. And we did not plan for him at all. God planned for him. Um, but henceforth, like, you know, there's the trend of dudes my age-ish in Denver when I was out there who were all getting uh, vasectomies. And I'm, I'm like, we're done. We're done. We're like, for her body, for her mind, for everything, like we're, we're done. We're happy. We have three boys. This is like social currency in Asia. Where you're like, oh, you have three boys? You're like, yeah. Who's the man now? And so we got that. <laughs> um, we just want to enjoy our time. We never had that honeymoon. Right. I'd love for you to talk about that because she always romanticizes. You know, we never had that honeymoon. She got pregnant like three or four months into our blessing, right? We were, we were off running. <laughs> so we mm-hmm. we want to kind of raise our kids and then also have more time on the back end to have some honeymoon time in our 40s and 50s yeah yeah I was like um everywhere we go like you know French is like young adult yeah just second gen and then there I'm kind of nice jealous like they have like you know received their blessing and then they have planning and have time and just, just so much romantic and then I was like um, 19 years old, joined the church and then just like mission, 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 all that 20s. And then just as soon as we came in Mongolia, it's like 30, over 30, you didn't marry. And then everybody, every single like relatives, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, are you not married? Like, I can find your husband for you. Like all those people would say like that. And then I just like, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm so worried and then like so sad or something like that. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
through my faith mm-hmm. and God eventually blessed me. Yeah. And I'm so happy with that. And then I'm just, you know, like in Mongolia, I was like, I want to have children. I want to have family. And then I uh, get out from that Mongolian that situation and come into America. It's like everything is different. And yeah. So now we just want to enjoy ourselves, right? Yeah, I really want yes, to. So in terms of sex too, just to have no... It's been working for us just, you know, the breath work and that kind of stuff. But it's still... I, I don't know how to express it without being too graphic. So I'm just going to censor myself, cut short. But it's like, yeah. it creates a dynamic where you don't get to complete the act. Uh, as intended, as, as designed. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to finding a, cause I'm out here in, in Indonesia and I hear they have procedures where you can get vasectomies, but I'm not sure about, you know, cause like in America they have like lasers that can do it. I don't know. I don't know if they get a monkey out here to do it and they just bite your vas difference or mm-hmm. what, but, um, Kind of looking forward to that, so that just take take taking our mind off that, and then sex does it. We take that element out of sex, and it just becomes a way of connecting, without any mm-hmm. any potentiality of pregnancy. Because at this point, I think uh, an, a subsequent pregnancy would be too much for us. I think it would just be because we don't have family around and all this. So it's like it's 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 a heavy load to carry by ourselves. So so that's right. our planning. Wow! 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 I mean, yeah, even just the last point, like tying to what Karina and Robert just said about, yeah, that sounds, seems so stressful. Like every time they, Robert and Karina, you have sex you're, and then if you're ever late with your pregnancy by a couple of days, just like, yeah, just, and then for you guys to have to experience that, it would be really, it can be build, build up to be really overwhelming. I imagine. Yeah. Like four <laughs> or five months ago, she was in the kitchen and she's like, uh-huh. honey, I need to talk to you. And I was like, Oh snap. No, I'm not ready for this. You know? And uh, I had the, all these panicking feelings and then she just had to tell me some family. difficult family information. I was like, oh. you know, it was like not good information about her family. I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, Oh no for them, but Oh wow. Like, thought- well, that's really, your guys' story. It, uh, is great. It's perfect. It perfectly, um, contrasts a lot of what we've been talking and brings up some really important points of time you know the conversation of contraception uh, right behind it is this conversation of like oh when should i have kids right and that's the important thing to look at is like uh you know it's not a black yes or no black or white question but it's like you know what's your situation how old are you you know like you were 31 and 33 starting a relationship is very different for i was 19 and Igu was 20 when we got blessed and right. that's so like, I just really have to say, because there's a lot of misinformation that's coming out that they're trying to say that it doesn't matter when a woman has a baby because women are having babies older and older. But I, I know the reality and it's like the woman's body ages quite a bit in their 30s, like all of our, mm-hmm. all of our bodies do. But the what giving birth does to your bones, to your bone mm-hmm. marrow, to every part of you, like you're in order to to create life it comes from your from your bone marrow right like there and these things are all slowly winding down starting in your 30s and 40s and all that and it like we saw throughout her 30s our last baby we had when she was 39 right from mm-hmm. 33 to 39 those three babies got progressively much more taxing on her physically mentally spiritually mm-hmm. 
every time. And she did them raw, like organic, no, no medicine, no, no nothing. Mm-hmm. On time. On time. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And they were truly blessings. But to kind of wait too long is like, it, it also takes some of the enjoyment out. Because when you're young, your body's like ready to pump out some kids when you're, when you're, when mm-hmm. you're younger. It's like, it's so malleable and it bounces back so much more easily. But just like skateboarding, when you fall down, when you're in a, te- a teenager, you break bone, whatever, you get back up. Like, I want to try that trick again. When you're my age, when you're like sniffing 40, when you fall, gravity is like, oh, I don't want to try that again. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd rather not, thanks. But the same is true of pregnancy. So that, that factors in too, is, uh, how, much, how much do you want to really plan? And like, that's, that's our, our belief too, is that God creates 95% of the scenarios and then our participation is like 5%, right? And then, but some people want to, like, they want to micromanage the details of like, I want a baby at this age after I have this much money. And it's like, you're leaving out so much potential joy when you do too much micromanaging, because regardless of how much you plan, it's not going to be like how you plan. Mm-hmm. It's, it's creating life. It's so much outside of that. So that randomness actually was really good for us because we, again, yeah. we, we didn't necessarily feel like we were ready, but we ended up being far more ready than we gave ourselves credit for. And I think a lot of people are getting really psyched out about babies because it seems like this crazy event that's so hard and it, you got to have a million dollars in the bank before you have a baby and all this stuff. And it's all, it's all a lie. You know, people are you, typically, if you have the commitment, like Benji was saying, then pretty much you've got everything it takes to be able to raise a kid. It's just some of your external foundation helps with stress, but it, at the end of the day, yeah, it's you're far more ready than you think you are after, if you have that commitment. Yes. I think you guys, what you guys shared illustrates that. And, and there's different really good lessons to take away. Just that willingness to be, be adaptable and, and God has a plan. And you, even though you just look at your circumstance, you feel like, oh, what the heck? Second, kid number two, kid number three, you know, how the heck are we going to manage that? But you made it work. And, and it, the, rewards are amazing yeah, you've got really great kids and um but also the kind of the it is a bit of a warning right to some people about the the like the unreliability right of, of just like feeling right or or just like kind of ge- guesstimating like you know you said Uyango, she might feel oh yeah like i you know this is my time period but actually turned out not to be the case right and um the, the pulling out seems not to be the most effective method, right? So, yeah, but uh, it's a beautiful balance, right? I think in that, um, so people want to take it as a warning, right? That, okay, you should um, talk and create some kind of plan if you want to not be pregnant. But that's secondary. The most important thing is just like, be willing to dance with God, right? And um, whatever happens that you can take it as a blessing and you'll be responsible for it. Yeah. yeah well can i just jump in i just wanted to karina and i heard this really great advice recently you know how much actually you should be uh praying to god that you know like hey when should we have a child and it, even we're, they were sharing with us this couple that like um yeah you don't know like what god has in store for your family and what, how god is going to use this child in that period and that kind of touches it sounds like a little bit what uh, Andrew and Ryunga, you were saying, right? It's like, 
and we were like wow that's so yeah. like that's so humbling experience it's like how you do know? you know if your child god needs your child to born in this year so from here to 20 years he can do such amazing things to the world you know it's like whoa that blew my mind because we don't know what is god's plan for that kid and how are we to take that uh you know god i don't care your plan um i'm gonna decide what, what we're gonna do yeah well i think it's yeah. been said many times it's like it's it's both right but i think like somehow like we're like oh yeah like if it happens and that's god's plan but like i feel like we weren't before then intentionally praying mm -hmm. about them like god was there like a different idea here like mm -hmm. and actually like even it started it scared me a little bit the idea but i've actually start, tried to start praying about that a little bit because i'm like wow you know it's like if there's some plan that i i gotta at least be open to hear it you know i gotta be um asking about it um mm -hmm. yeah so that's one something we heard and we're like wow that's some really like we hadn't heard that advice before you know it's kind of like it's not mm -hmm. always like either like yeah really just put it completely in god's hands or to just plan it 100 percent. but this sounded a little bit more like a, a middle ground sort of mm. wow what you just said made me realize that my wife and i we really have like a, a lottery mindset we, we're just we'll just throw seven out there and hope that one of them can amount to something <laughs> <laughs> let me say you know, my my children my son has already changed the world because he's changed me and he's helped me grow as a human tremendously over the last six years. You know, I was 22 years old when our son was born. It completely, you know, like I said, it, it was surprising, but I was so happy about it. I was so happy. And if my wife was here, and she's not because she's with our children right now, um, I'm going to try to speak for her. And I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to because we are one. And I talked with her briefly before we got in here. And she would say that you have to, number one, I guess to, to answer these two questions that Sammy brought up that we're kind of answering is, you know, what, what kind of contraception, but also uh, timing, right? And she would say that, in, and my wife and I would share that, you know, doing research is important. Like knowing, knowing your stuff and being informed and then communicating about it and talking about it is, is key having communication. And number two is that it's actually really important. This is something that a lot of people won't say is that it's really important to get a checkup, a physical checkup before you start your family. And especially before you decide to consider children for the man and for the woman, because sometimes, many times a man is, you know, not very fertile, you know, doesn't have a lot of semen swimming around and women is in my wife's case. I'm bringing this up because my wife had a massive, I'm talking like baseball sized ovarian cyst in her in her ovary, I mean, covering a cyst covering her ovaries and we had no idea what it was we didn't know it was common it's about even it's even almost 10 percent of women actually have an ovarian a large ovarian cyst so so the complication came when we were we were pregnant and we were doing the ultrasounds and you know we're excited and then they found this ginormous cyst in her ovaries and and the doctors were all completely, you know, worried that it was cancerous. It was, a, you know, ovarian cancer because my wife's mother has ovarian cancer. So they, we went to multiple doctors. All of them rec re recommended that she have an abortion because it was, would cause harm to my wife's life, right? And God bless her. God bless my wife. She was like, F that. 
like she like we walked home from the we walked home from the hospital after hearing we should have an abortion and she said if i if i seek to live i will die and if i seek to die i will live i'm having this baby no matter what even if it kills me god bless her i mean i'm so (laughs) sorry i'm so moved by that kind of heart that my wife has but that kind of heart that parents have towards their children and that's really the the heart of god like god is willing to die so that you may live so that we may live and really not just live but but change the world and i'm saying that because you know that's the reason like i was 22 years old right that's young (laughs) that's pretty young and and it's totally changed my life. You know, I've grown so much in the last 10 years since our blessing. And there's no end in sight. I'm 28 years, 28 years old right now. I'm not even 30. And, you know, my wife kicks my ass every single day. Every single day, she kicks my ass to grow. And my children do too. They've stretched me. They've forced me to grow. And that's the point. That is the point. And that's, that's you know, that's the main reason that having children was, or not having children was never an option because that's the point. If we're not growing in our marriage, if you're not growing in your blessing, if you're not growing as a human being every single day, as a single person even, then that's, what's the point, right? Isn't that the whole point is that every single day we can say that we love somebody, we love our family, we love our neighbor more, we love God more than we did yesterday. We're stretching our heart no matter how hard or difficult it is. At the end of the day, we love each other more. And that's the point. So having children, being a father, it's so tough. And I totally get why people don't want to have kids because it's hard work. I just want to live my life. But, you know, not me. I'm, I'm happy with the life I have. I'm happy with the decision, decisions that I've made. And I'm proud of it. So I want to share that. I'm proud of it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, Benji. Thank you. And that, that attitude that she took was something else. You cannot experience it without getting pregnant. So like what it's like to be able to just so immediately say, no, I don't care. I don't care if I die because my kid is so important. Before the kid, before she even met him, right? It's like, I just know that there's something beautiful inside me and it's worth everything that I am. Uh, that's special. So that's what everybody should experience, but in the, in the kind of right time, right? Because I also know that there's, there's this tradition that tribes used to have that before a couple would have a kid, the man would go off with a bunch of men and the woman would go off with a bunch of women. And they would prepare spiritually for this so that they're spiritually in a good state for the baby to be conceived in a really high spiritual state. Because there's that element too. Like if you think about the life force that's coming out of a man and like what that, what that infuses, it's like from the get-go, like who you are as a person is, is like seated. It's inside the next generation, right? It doesn't necessarily define them and like, that's not their fate, but it's like that's the foundation for that kid. So even kind of looking at uh, where you're at as a couple, too, and, and how well you're doing factors into it, too, right? Uh, that you're working on loving and, and all that as a part of family planning. Because family planning is like not the avoidance of pregnancy. Family planning is like creating a family when you're in the best state at the best possible time. Not your time, like Karina was saying or Robert was saying, uh, but God's time, right? Uh, best state, best time. And you can't find that out from your head. You can't plan that out. It's like intuitive with reason, like working together, right? It's like this culmination of different things. And so um, we are going along because this is really good. So if anybody has any any final 
stuff that you you feel like you want to get out on this, please now. <laughs> Benji raised his hands. He got it all out. He left it on the table for for all y'all. Um, Karina and Robert, do you have any parting wisdom that you'd like to share? I'm okay. That was that was good enough. Well, it was so awesome to watch a podcast live. That was my experience here. <laughs> now, but just such amazing. Wow, I really appreciated your your heart, Benji, and uh, all of you sharing your experiences was really really incredible. It just made me just realize how incredible this topic is, you know, and like how there's maybe a conversation about this, but it's on just this level, but like this, it's this level, this, the conversation about this can be on like a whole nother level where we're like really reflecting on, on the beauty of life, reflecting on God. Like it's, it's really, I don't know. I'm really touched by that. Yeah. It's a little higher level than say a movie like knocked up, which basically denigrates the entire experience, right? Of people coming together, mm -hmm. what happens next. It's Yeah. So thank you, anonymous, again, anonymous person for requesting this. This is really a godly occurrence. Like we haven't recorded a podcast like this. We all did it because of you. So God worked for you, random anonymous person. God bless you. Um, Sam, you got anything before we go? It was all said. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot from this conversation too, right? So thank you all for everything you shared. Thank yeah. you all for listening. Hope it was useful. Thank you all for listening, like Sammy said. To quote a great man, Sammy, from five seconds ago, thank you all for listening. God bless you. Take care. <laughs> How is 2020 going to go? You tell me. It depends on what you invest into 2020. And if you want to start the year out right, then I absolutely encourage you to join a High Noon Connect group. We have curricula, we have groups meeting together every week, and it's going to be moving to a semester system. That means for three months, everybody in High Noon Connect is going to be marching along towards progress hand in hand. So if you're single and you want to prepare well for marriage, or if you are married already and you want to get the most out of your marriage and be a better spouse or a better parent then please join a group everybody should be in a group and if you don't sign up in december you're gonna miss the boat because we're gonna close the doors in january for three months we're gonna close the doors to this semester system in january and we won't reopen until three months later so please sign up for a group now if you want to ensure growth if you want to make growth inevitable, then surround yourself with the right people and fill your brain with the right knowledge and take the right actions to develop the right habits and you will get exactly to where you want to be. So sign up now. Go to highnoon.org and sign up for an Ascend group. We will help you out. See you there.